As we concentrate that the gifts of the Holy Spirit might function are what the secularist might speak of as the paranormal, let us believe. Let us believe. What do you want to call me a murderer for? I've never killed anyone. I don't need to kill anyone. I think it. I have it here. What an excellent day for an exorcism. Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. Go into the light. Here's Johnny. Please, God. This is God. You still wake up sometimes, don't you? Wake up in the dark. Yeah, the yeah, screaming of the lad. Hello. This is Hauntings and Homicide. Hi. I'm Selena. I am scared of everything and I sleep with the nightlight. And, you know, we're officially in Halloween season, so that's going real well. Oh my god. I have to sleep with my light, like, on now. I've had so many nightmares recently. Also, I'm Heather. Um, and I haven't slept in years. Anyway, it's October. It's Spooktober. Well, last week we talked about cryptids, right? And this week we're discussing some very famous haunted places. So, if I'm not mistaken, you were talking about the Stanley Hotel, right? Yeah. Is that, a, is, is that like the official name, Stanley Hotel? Uh-huh. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to have a yawn. Oops. Um, what what else? What other name do you think? No, it what has? is it called in um, the haunting? Do you mean the shining? The shining. Sorry. Why did, the where shining? did I get the haunting from? I actually really love that movie too. I the haunting. Mm-hmm. I really like that movie too, even though it's that's like the twelfth remake or whatever. It's um, fine. I actually that was one of the first horror movies I ever saw. That was one of the first ones I ever saw. And it's like technically not a good movie. Like it's actually pretty garbage. But, but it's good. But I really like it. I haven't seen it in a million years so I probably would hate it if I watched it right now. It's one of those that if they, if it's on like TNT or something like that I'm like oh I'll watch it. It was really scary. It was. Fuck. Which is shocking that I watched it. I know. I don't know why. Especially with like the little I don't know. It's creepy. It's so and creepy. I didn't realize that the Netflix show The Haunting of Hill House is based on the book that The Haunting's based on. Yeah, it's been re- it's got so many remakes. I don't but I don't think I'm brave enough to watch The Haunting of Hill House. I've never seen it. I don't Everyone says it's so good and that I would like it and whatever and I'm like, you know, it looks pretty scary. I'm scared of ghosts. Yeah. What I was starting to say is, is the Stanley Hotel actually the hotel in The Shining? It's the hotel that inspired The Shining. Okay. No, I just didn't know if that's what it was called. It, in the <coughs> book and the movie, it's called the Overlook Hotel. So okay, it has I a different that. name, mm-hmm. but it's the same one. Okay. I think um, that's where I somehow put in The Haunting. Um, yeah. So basically, long story short, my thing... It's about the Stanley Hotel, which is the Shining Hotel. Mm-hmm. And then your thing is... The one... <laughs> <laughs> what is my thing? Fucking hell. <laughs> my thing is the Winchester Mystery House. Or the Winchester House, or whatever anybody wants to call it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, which is funny enough, because when Heather had originally brought 
the idea up of doing a podcast, I don't know why that was like the first thing I thought of was the Winchester house mm-hmm. and Sarah. Cause I just think it's kind of a cool, creepy story. It's actually interesting because when we first started the podcast and it was actually someone, the first thing that they said to me about it was, are you going to do the Winchester house? Mm-hmm. Like that was one of the first things that I heard. And I was like, I don't know, maybe. So here it. it is. Happy Halloween, everybody. <laughs> My cat jumped on the table because you know what? That's just the day we're having. So can I help you? <laughs> Oh my god. You're... No thank you. Goodbye. So, anyway, my sources were mostly wikipedia.com, allthatsinteresting.com, travelandleisure.com, and (laughs) tripsavvy.com. So there's now a travel agent. (laughs) Okay. So, the year was 1903. Teddy Roosevelt was president. Jack London's Call of the Wild was published. The New York Stock Exchange building opened. The first game of the World Series was played, and the Wright brothers had their very first flight in their brand new invention, the aeroplane. (laughs) It's also the year in which Freeland Oscar Stanley, who was a Gemini, was diagnosed with TB and instructed by his doctor to get lots of fresh, dry air and lots of sunlight, which was the common prescription at the time. Now, Oscar Stanley was the co-inventor of the steam-powered car, along with his twin brother, Francis. They were the owners of the Stanley Motor Carriage Company, which had sold over 200 cars! Wow. Which was, like, just a fuck time. Yeah. So, business was a boomin' and our boy Stanley was loaded. So, Stanley moved to Estes Park, Colorado, and the fresh air seemed to do him a lot of good because his TB subsided and disappeared. I don't actually know if that's, like, a legit cure for TB. I guess so. All the doctors said so. I didn't... I wasn't... I'm like, no... I'm not gonna go and do a whole bunch of fucking research on tuberculosis. (laughs) Tuberculosis. Tuberculosis. <laughs> you know what? You know what I'm trying to fucking I'm say. Sure tuberculosis. There you go. The oncoming. It's a, I'm pretty sure I discuss it in my blurb. Really? I think so. For the Winchester House? Yeah, I think that's what. What? That's weird. Then again, I guess it was kind of like really common for people to have it back then. So this is the TB episode. <laughs> so Stanley was feeling a lot better. And was inspired to transform the rustic Estes Park into a tourist-friendly luxury vacation town. In 1907, construction began on the Stanley Hotel, and by 1909, it was completed. Stanley remarked that he spent more money on the hotel each summer, when it was open, than he made, making this a hobby rather than a business venture. In 1926, the hotel was sold to a private company, but Stanley bought it back when the hotel was failing. Stanley sold it again to fellow automobile and hotel mogul Ro Emery, and in 1983, the hotel began to stay open year-round. So, it sounds like Stanley was a really cool guy, Mm -hmm. except I learned later on he was actually an asshole. Like, there was, like, only a certain type of person he wanted to stay in his hotel, which was, like, a bougie, fancy, probably white person. Mm -hmm. And he would literally sit in a chair in the lobby and, like, watch everyone who was checking in and, like, throw anyone out who didn't look like his ideal 
demographic. Well, no wonder why business wasn't doing well. He, so he was an asshole. When is it still? Open? He's a Gemini, so I could have told you that. <laughs> you know, I hate Gemini's. <coughs> I'm not a fan. So, um, sorry, hate is a strong word. I strongly dislike. I'm a Gemini that. rising, so I have Gemini tendencies, but I'm I don't like. You know, I'm not a pathological liar. Like, <laughs> <laughs> not a sociopath. Right. <laughs> so, um, is it still open? Yeah. Oh. It's year round now. It was for like ever. It was just a summer like a place. resort type. Yeah. Um, but now it's it's open year round. Also, um, one of the rabbit holes I fell down with Stanley was so the cars, the steam powered cars that they made were called Stanley Steamers. And so I thought that it was the vacuum company, but it's it's not. I, I did research on it. And I was like, oh, that's a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got the Stanley songs. That's right. Your car- Wait, Call 1-800-STEAMER. <laughs> Stanley Steamer gets carpet cleaner. And like, I was like humming it this morning and my mom was like, are you? Are you singing the Stanley Steamer? And I'm like, no. <laughs> okay. Back to the hotel. There are actually 11 structures in total that contribute to the hotel's layout. These include the main hotel, the concert hall, a carriage house, manager's cottage, gatehouse, and the lodge, which is a smaller bed and breakfast originally called Stanley Manor. The hotel itself has a federal style. The federal style was popular in New England, where Stanley's from. It has a hospital-like flair due to Stanley's dedication to healthy living. But hospitals what used to be... Hos- hospital-like flair? Well, it, hospitals used to be a lot fancier back then. That's like, true. it didn't look like a Kaiser. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, because, you know, he this whole thing came from him trying to cure his TB. So, he made it kind of like a nice resort... <clears throat> healthy living place for people to come recover from right. their TB. Okay, so sometime in 1974, Stephen King and his wife Tabitha spent a night at the Stanley Hotel. At the time, King was working on a novel he had given the title Darkshine, which he set in an amusement park, but things were set in motion that began to change his mind about that. King and his wife were checking in while most of the guests were checking out for the season, making the hotel feel eerily vacant. After Tabitha had turned in for the evening, King began to roam the halls, finding his way to the hotel bar where he was served by a bartender named Grady. Sound familiar? Not to me, because I've never seen it. Oh, Jesus fucking God. Uh, Okay, well... Anyway, this podcast is canceled because we have to go watch The Shining. Two hours later. So, King said, I dreamed... Of my three-year-old son running through the corridors, looking back over his shoulder, eyes wide, screaming. He was being chased by a fire hose. I woke up with a tremendous jerk, sweating all over, within an inch of falling off the bed. I got up, lit a cigarette, sat in a chair looking out the window at the Rockies, and by the time the cigarette was gone, I had the bones of The Shining firmly set in my mind. Could you imagine being him? And I have imagined being him. Having fucked up dreams like that, and then you're like, well, there, I got my new Honestly, book. I should turn my fucked up dreams into some oh, shit. That sounds awful. I had a dream that I had a face facelift last night, and it's, like, still, like, scaring me. What the fuck? Yeah. I, like, set up my own hospital bed and, like, lay down, and then the doctor was like, all right, and, like, cut my head. That's scary. I don't like it. Okay. 
So unlike Kubrick's film version, which is, you know, the famous version of King's book, which he is not a fan of, the TV miniseries The Shining from 1996. Stephen King doesn't like the Kubrick mm -mm. version? He doesn't like the character of Jack Torrance. So, it's still a really good movie, but it really is a lot different than the book, so I get it. Oh, because I really like Stanley Kubrick. I went to his exhibit when it was at the LACMA, and they had the, the girls thing, and then, like, a a little, I guess, like, a replica of the hotel and, like, the maze or whatever thingy. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's scary. Okay. So, the TV miniseries was actually filmed at the Stanley Hotel. The Shining... I didn't even know there was a TV miniseries. Yeah, it's actually really fucking terrifying. Where do I watch that? Mm, I don't know. I'll what was it on? Down. It was like an ABC movie or something. ABC or Damn. something. I, I, I Don't quote me on to that. To be fair, those are kind of scary. It was like the It miniseries. It was kind of scary. It was The It miniseries fucking ruined my life. I was terrified of clowns my whole life. I watched it again as an adult and really enjoyed it. It didn't terrify me yeah. anymore. But as a kid, you can rationalize oh it no, better. no, no. Tim Curry is so good at being terrifying. He's a genius, but he's so scary. So let's talk about some hauntings at the hotel. So when Freeland Stanley first acquired the land for the hotel back in 1907, he purchased it from an Irish nobleman called the Earl of Dunraven, who had apparently acquired the land illegally, and the locals were not a fan of this guy. Stanley originally intended to name the hotel the Dunraven after its original owner, but the locals band together and created a petition urging Stanley to name it after himself, or literally anything other than after this douche that they hated so much. <laughs> um, I did a lot of research trying to figure out like what this guy did. Like, did he steal the land from natives or what? And I just couldn't find anything. I automatically always think of I, that. I mean, it's like, Colorado, yeah. so I assume... <laughs> You know, and just everyone fucking hated this guy. So Dunraven himself apparently haunts the Stanley Hotel now, specifically room 407, where lights reportedly go on and off by themselves and ghostly faces can be seen in the windows. That's a big fuck no for me. Ooh. The room King stayed in, room 217, is now a hot tourist commodity that books out months in advance. Um, back in 1917, long before the hotel had its ghostly reputation, Chief Housekeeper Elizabeth Wilson had a terrible accident in that very room. While lighting a lantern, it exploded, blasting Elizabeth so hard she went all the way through the floorboards to the level below. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Though she suffered two broken ankles, she survived. <laughs> Some say Elizabeth still haunts the hotel with several accounts of guests' clothing being folded and put away for, for them, and her ghost appearing between unmarried couples in bed, attempting to force them apart. But what if that's, like, just another form of, like, quote-unquote, having a headache? Like, maybe he's, you know, drunk from having too many happy hour margaritas, and it's like, hey, how about a little? And she's like, oh my god, look, it's the ghost of Elizabeth Wilson! Can't you see her? Oh my god, we better not. Oh no, now she's saying you should sleep on the couch. Honey, don't make the ghost mad! <laughs> that's crazy. That's like, um... She's a cock-blocking ghost. It's like, um... At... Disneyland, when you go on the Haunted Mansion, you have the... Yep. The, the hitchhiking ghost? Thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a cock-blocking ghost. I was like, what the fuck are they called? Clearly, I haven't been to Disneyland in a long time. That's fine. Me neither. So, the Stanley Hotel was also used as a setting in the film Dumb and Dumber, 
While filming, oh yeah. I just watched wait, that the other day. Hang on, because this, this part's wild. While filming, Jim Carrey asked to stay in room 217, mm. but he didn't last long. Mm. In the middle of the night, Carrie rushed down to the concierge in an obvious fright, insisting he be moved to a different room because something had occurred in 217 and he no longer felt safe there. When he was informed that the hotel was completely booked, he left entirely, presumably to another hotel in town, and to this day, no one knows what happened to Carrie that had terrified him so deeply. Hmm. <clears throat> Creepy. So... Hotel workers claim the most haunted part of the hotel is the guest house staircase, which has been nicknamed the Vortex due to its natural spiral of energy. And I have no fucking idea what that means, but I'm also not going to mess with it. That sounds fucking creepy. Yeah, not a fan. Many ghost hunters, however, claim that it's actually room 401 that is the most haunted area in the hotel. Things go missing from drawers and closets with no explanation whatsoever. Some say the fourth floor in general is the source of the hauntings, ghostly voices being heard up and down the halls, usually the unearthly giggling of children. There is nothing more terrifying than giggling children, especially disembodied giggling. Fuck that. Um, there is a child named Lucy who many workers and guests have seen over the years, and some have even caught what they believe to be Lucy's ghost on camera. Um, I'll post pictures of it, and it will haunt your dreams, but view them at your own risk, and don't say I didn't warn you, because these things are fucking scary. She's got, like, glowing eyes. I'm never gonna- I- I- I just slept with my light just on. Like, not that I really slept at all, but just sitting in like my it. room, like- thinking about those glowing eyes, and it's ruined my life. Uh -uh. According to Stanley employees, Lucy was an orphan girl who froze to death on hotel grounds after being discovered squatting in the basement and then thrown out. So, another famous ghost that haunts the Stanley Hotel is Paul the Maintenance Worker. Apparently, Paul was a Mr. Fix-It who handled problems of all kinds, him being a jack-of-all-trades, and Paul was apparently a stickler for an 11 p.m. curfew, and that's why when a ghostly voice is heard barking, get out, late at night in the concert hall, it's believed that Paul is responsible. He's telling you to get the fuck out it's past curfew? <sighs> yeah. Like, go to bed, you you heathen. <laughs> you drunken, debauchery, provoking, miscreant. The concert hall is also known for disembodied piano music being heard. The ghost of Stanley's wife, Flora, believed to be responsible, so she's the one playing the piano. If I heard piano music that was coming from nowhere, I think I would just implode. Like, like I would just all the typical like die. stuff that you like. Run There's away from. allegedly a p like a piano playing ghost at the Queen Mary. Super exciting. Two weeks from now, we'll talk about that later on. So. There is an underground cave system beneath the hotel, which used to be used by staff to get from one place to another more quickly. Apparently, there's a high concentration of quartz and limestone underground down there, which some claim have the ability to trap spirits. So these fucking caves are the reason I chose this subject. Um, the Stephen King stuff has a lot to do with it, you know, because I'm like a Stephen King groupie. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not I'm not going there float your boat <laughs> anyway episode anyway 
Um, something occurred in these caves that quite possibly scared me more than anything else supernatural related ever. So the TV show Ghost Hunters, have I talked to you about this? No, I'm sure I have. I don't ever shut the, the fuck up about it. Okay, so the TV show Ghost Hunters aired on the Sci-Fi Channel from 2004 to 2016. They taped an episode at the Stanley Hotel, which aired in 2006, and it's the scariest thing I've ever seen. While Grant and Jason investigated the underground caves, a ghostly voice is heard saying, Hello? Followed by eerie laughter. When Grant and Jason call out to the voice, it once again answers them with another hello. I cannot tell you how badly this ruined my life. I was like 17, and I was like shaking. I felt sick. I almost passed out. Like, I was so scared. I, I can't even describe to you, like, how... I was traumatized. That sounds awful. How far back does it go, G? You heard that? I heard that. Jay and I were down the employee passageway, and uh, we started hearing a voice. We heard a hello, like a female hello. Hello? You hearing the voices? Yeah. Just said hello, hello. I know. I heard it. Who are you? Shh. There it is again. I got it on audio. You do? You want to see if I can hear it? Yeah. Listen. Listen. Holy. As we said hello and we tried to communicate back, it said other things that we really need to analyze and see what it did say. Oh my gosh, what is going on? There was a laugh. And then what sounded like some creepy laughter. And it was from right around us. It didn't sound like it was coming from out, out in the hallway or above us. It sounded like it was like right in there. Yeah, but how could it be? And we instantly ran out there and tried to look both ways. And there's no one else down here. It's just us and, uh, and a cameraman. I just heard it again. Yeah. This basement's a pretty, pretty wild area. I've watched it several times because <laughs> you know, because you're a masochist. Because I can't help it. It's so scary, and I'm there. I'm just like I watch it's it. It's so couple. scary. I must watch it all I, the time. I, I think I feel like maybe if I watch it enough times, like it You'll won't get over scare yourself. me. Like, yeah. And it like, doesn't. Face your fears it doesn't have that effect on me anymore. Where like I'm gonna like vomit. But it still scares yeah. me so much. <sighs> well, that's my story. <laughs> and I'm going to start drinking really heavily now. Ugh. That ghost voice. I mm-hmm. tried to stay so far away from all of that stuff. Even when I was mm-hmm. watching a little snippet of BuzzFeed Unsolved, I was like, I fucking would never watch the show. All right. My turn. So, Winchester Repeating Arms was founded in 1866 by Benjamin Henry and Oliver Winchester. This is when the Winchester rifle was created, often referred to as the gun who won the West. Uh-oh. And also the gun that's responsible for a bunch of fucking murders. Mm-hmm. That will come into play. 
Well, basically, a lot of business stuff happened, and they created some guns and a whole bunch of boring stuff. But in 1880, Oliver Winchester passed away, and his son, William Wirt Winchester, took over. But then he died four months later of tuberculosis. So then that brings us to today's story. After William's death, his now widowed wife, Sarah Winchester, inherited 50% of the company and a whole lot of money. So in 1881, Sarah inherited $20 million, which Jesus. equates to $500 million in today's world. Oh, my God. Which comes out to a daily salary of $1,000, which equates to $26,000 today. Could you imagine ranking, like, $26,000 a day? No. I will mention that Sarah and William had one child together. They had a girl whose name was Annie. She was born on June 15, 1886 and died on July 25th of 1886 of marasmus, which is a children's disease where the body basically wastes away. Jesus. Super, super devastating. So a lot had happened to Sarah's life at this point. She lost her newborn child and her husband, and now she's in charge of half of this huge company. She was feeling a little lost and needed some guidance, so she went to see a medium. She actually saw a few, but mm -hmm. one of them kind of like stood out the most. So this medium said that the deaths in her life were caused because of the deaths the Winchester rifle had brought. So sort of like a revenge from the spirits. The medium also channeled her deceased husband, and he told her she needed to move west in order to escape the spirits. So she decided to go from New Haven, Connecticut to sunny California. And in 1884, she bought a eight-room farmhouse, and that's when the world's longest renovation began. So she started building without the use of an architect, so basically everything was built kind of like haphazardly. She was like, yeah, fuck it, we'll just put shit here and hope it works. She had carpenters work day and night, and the house eventually became a seven-story mansion. Now, the house is a little strange. There are no... There are doors and stairs that lead to nothing, windows that overlook other rooms, stairs with odd-sized risers, so you'll have, like, a tiny little step and then, like, a big step, and just random things. Or, like, you'll open up a door, and it leads to the outside, but you're on, like, story three, oh, so you God. literally just, like, fall and die. And the reason for all of this was she was trying to confuse spirits. Mm -hmm. So she was thinking that that would kind of keep them at bay, and she'd be able to, you know protect everything so the numbers 7 11 and 13 are prominently used throughout the house the number 13 being the one used the most these numbers are used when it comes to how many windows are in a room or the numbers of stairs in a staircase the number of rails on the railings or the number of panels in the floor or walls and it kind of is just the running theme throughout the house so, the house has survived two major earthquakes, the 1884 Loma Prieta quake, which was a 6.3, and then the massive 7.9 San Francisco earthquake of 1906, which is due to the house being built on a floating foundation, so it can kind of sway with the earthquake instead of just crumbling to nothing. Mm. Although there is a ton of speculation on how she built the house and why she did it, here are the facts according to the Winchester House website. The house is 24,000 square feet with 10,000 windows, Jesus, 2,000 doors, 160 rooms, 52 skylights, 
47 stairs and fireplaces, 17 chimneys, 13 bathrooms, and 6 kitchens. <laughs> 6 kitchens. 6 kitchens. With a total price tag of $5 million in 1923. Oh, wow. Which equates to $71 million today. Oh, my God. She just had a ton of money. And she, like, decorated it so beautifully and ornate. Like, everything was custom. She had these beautiful stained glass windows, like, the best furnishings you can get. Chandeliers that came from, like, Italy and stuff like that. Like, it was gorgeous. Like, she, it was gorgeous. It was just a little kind of crazy. A little bit, yeah. Just a little, but it's fine. So Sarah would routinely dismiss workers for months at a time to make sure she could get her rest and so could her workers. But construction pretty much started from the time she bought the house up until her death. In 1922, Sarah died in her sleep due to heart failure. After her death, her niece, who also worked as her personal secretary, received all of Sarah's possessions aside from the house. Her niece then took what she wanted and auctioned everything off. It supposedly took six trucks working eight hours a day for six weeks to remove all the furniture from the house. She had a ton of shit. But also she had how many rooms? 160 rooms of furniture. Oh my god. That's a lot. Nowhere in Sarah's will did it say where the house, who it would go to. Funny enough though, also with the number 13, Sarah's will was split up into 13 paragraphs and it was signed by her 13 times. She really had a thing with the number 13. I thought I was weird about the number 13. Oh, no. Apparently not. She does. It was sold at auction to a local investor for 135000 and then leased to John and Mammy Brown, who eventually purchased the house. And in February 1923, five months after Sarah's death, the house was opened to the public with Mammy Brown being the first tour guide. Until this day, you can still visit the Winchester Mystery House. It is one of the places I want to go to so bad. I just want to see it because it's it's just so crazy. Like, literally, there will be a skylight in the middle of, like, the second story. So, it's a skylight to the first floor, which doesn't okay. make sense. And, yeah, you open up a, a staircase or a door to a staircase and it leads to, like, mm-hmm. a half wall. And, I don't know, I think it'd be really cool to see. Yeah. I'd like to see her blue room where she the seances. Where she would talk to spirits every night because mm-hmm. that would be pretty dope. I would not go to that room. That's it's like the one place I would want to go to. I don't think I would. That would scare the living crap out of me. I would like to go with someone who can see spirits. Yeah. And see if they can what they so, see. So I believe with that one, there's a couple of really haunted, like not haunted. There's a couple of rooms that have a lot more energy in them mm-hmm. so one of them being the blue room because that's where she talked to you know her spirits mm-hmm. um her room is also another one um and then apparently too she has like her like almost like main worker kind of thing that you c- workers have said that they've seen him like carrying up like wheelbarrow around that seems kind of creepy well like a ghost yeah so like maintenance worker Paul at the Stanley Hotel. That's what's... It's so creepy because people talk about how they, like, have interacted with him and Mm -hmm. stuff. They'll be like, oh, I was just talking to Paul. And they're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, he's a ghost. Like, he does that. Okay, so then this is where I... 
I feel like when you think of a ghost, you think of bad. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes it's just a spirit that's trapped that hasn't been able to cross over right. and they don't mean ill will. I, listen, I I know that a lot of them don't have any, they're not negative in any way, mm-hmm. but fuck off anyway. Like, I don't, <laughs> like, I don't care if you're a, not a poltergeist and you're a good spirit or whatever, just, sorry, nothing personal, yeah. but fuck off. I don't want to see you. I ever. think it brings up, like, a whole thing, too, if you were to purchase a house that somewhat is haunted and as long as the spirit is not pissed off and isn't an evil one, like cohabitate and just don't my piss grandmother it had a. They lived in a house, and my mom lived there too. But I guess, um, no one told my mom about this until way later mm-hmm. in life. My grandmother said that there was a a, go- a a ghost who was the former owner of the house, Mr. Riley. Was his name. That just sounds creepy. And I guess he would lock the doors and he would, like, shut cabinets and stuff. And I guess, like, if my grand my grandmother... This was a time... must have been, like, the 70s when people left their doors unlocked mm-hmm. and it was not a big deal. And I guess my grandmother would leave it unlocked and she would be in her bed and she would hear it lock. And she would get up and she would go lock, unlock it again. And then she would get back in bed and the same thing would happen. And finally she'd be like, okay, Mr. Riley, I get it. You want me to lock the door? That's fine. And then she would leave it locked. And like, she just had that relationship with him where like things would happen and she'd be like, all right, okay. And, and she says she she even saw protection. him once oh. and she wasn't even like that freaked out. And I'm just like, you're a psychopath because I would piss myself and never be the same again. But, I mean, honestly, it just depends on their energy. Nope. Nope. Absolutely not. <laughs> well, like, it, it it brings me back to um, Amityville, where the wife... I forget her name. Everybody's names just start to, like, blur together. Where at the beginning, she's like, oh, I felt a really calm presence. Like, that mm-hmm. wouldn't creep me out. But then all the other shit would. Um, yeah, no, I'd be really freaked out. I don't care... What sort of feelings it emotes? I don't want that shit anywhere near me. I remember when I was younger and I stayed the night at one of my friend's house. Um, her name was Kiara. And I want to say the house was like an older house. And it was the middle of the night and she was dead asleep. And I remember I woke up and I felt like a tap on my shoulder. And I just kept telling myself, I'm like, oh my God, she must have like woke up and like tried to scare me. Like my friend. But no, I don't think it was that. But it wasn't, like, a weird, it was just, like, a, I don't know. But that kind of always stuck with me. No? You want no part of it? Nope. Absolutely not. <laughs> I got all my stuff from the truth about SarahWinchester.com. It's a long one. Right? I was like, is this the fucking title? Um, the Winchester Mystery House, or, sorry, WinchesterMysteryHouse.com, BuzzFeed Unsolved. Mm. And, of course, good old Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Are we, uh, are we done? I think that's it for, um, yeah. Do you have an obsession? Um, what was my obsession that I was like, oh, that's a good one, and now I can't remember. (laughs) Uh, do you have an obsession? Yep. You go first. Um, I have been watching a lot of The (laughs) (laughs) X-Files. So normal for you? I've never used it as an obsession, so... I think it's valid. 
I love The X-Files. It's my favorite show. Okay, um, if you had to do a top three, what would it be? Top three what? Episodes. <gasps> oh, no. Well, here's the thing. I have two episodes that are my favorite episode. And I have one that's comedic and one that's serious. And I, you cannot make me... They have to go in in the top space. You can't make me choose. And one of them is Bad Blood and one of them is Milagro. Um, after that... Maybe... Arcadia. Which is a hilarious episode where Mulder and Scully go undercover and pretend to be a married couple. Hmm. Which is hilarious and adorable. Um... I'm going to go with Millennium, and I'm not going to say why, because I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen the series. Okay. But Millennium, which Whoa. is their Millennium episode, <laughs> just to clarify. So so when did that come out? The Millennium. Oh, okay. Which was the year 2000. Just, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> You're welcome. I don't know what you'd do without me. My obsession is... Is it called The Prodigal Son? Or no, it's just called oh, Prodigal yeah. Son. Did you watch it? Yeah. It's good. So good. Now, when does it air? Tonight. It's on, oh, it's, it's on Monday. tonight? Ooh. I'm almost positive. New episode. Yeah, tonight. That was wild. I can't believe how much stuff happened in one episode. Okay, so this is actually where I'm kind of getting a little worried. Uh-oh. I feel like they did so much that it's going to be hard to, like, keep it going. But I love Michael Sheen mm-hmm. so much. He's amazing. I think he's so good. Yes, I may have started becoming obsessed with him when he was on Twilight, but that's fine. I forgot about him in Twilight. Mm-hmm. He was one of that's the... That's right, um, the Volturi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. We're losers. Oh, no. I don't take a shame to that at all. I read those books, and my mom and I, I together... I read them, too, but the last two were horrible. I, I actually, the other day, I have the box set of it. My mom and I were obsessed um, I actually was thinking, I was like, maybe I should, like, read this again, but, like, I want to put one of those book covers on it so people don't know what I'm reading. Oh, my God. <laughs> get a, they, get a book cover for a different book? Do they, no, do they still sell those, like, um, stretchy ones that you would put over your oh, textbooks? I don't know. Oh, yeah. I was hoping they would. You could get, I would put, get like, a like, tie-dye one over it? Get, like, something that's, like, really, like, scholarly <laughs> and makes you look really smart. Get, like, astrophysics or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, she's really like thought provoking. Like, wow. No, I'm reading about vampires that glitter in the sun. Well, if that's what gets you to read a book, like, fucking do it. I mean, I'm intelligent. I just don't like to read. So, yeah, like I was saying, it's a good show. I love Michael Sheen. It also has, if you watch The Walking Dead, it has um, Jesus. Jesus? He was a character on The Walking Dead. His name was Jesus? Yeah. I watched the first two seasons of The Walking Dead, and then Kayla and I watched it. We watched the first two seasons, and then several days went by, and I was like, oh, yeah, we were watching The Walking Dead. And she was like, oh, yeah. I got Apparently, over it. we didn't like it very much, because we forgot. I watched a lot of it. I watched up until, like, this past season, and you then I was just, I just hit my care. like. Jesus. I'm done. So but Jesus yeah. was a character. Jesus was a Dead. character. Yeah, he had long hair. He looked like he Jesus. wore sandals and a white robe. He looked a little bit like Ewan no, McGregor. That would have been perfect, but no. Um, what made me laugh though is that um, 
we were like, who is this person that, like, they casted someone so good because he has, like, the crazy eyes. Like, especially when he was. Are you talking about the main character? Uh, no. Yeah, the son. Yeah, okay. Um, I don't want to say anything about it, but, like, he had, like, a crazy eyes towards the end of the episode where he had, like, and he was going to, like, mm-hmm. I was like. Oh, oh, that was bad. Dude, he had straight up fucking crazy eyes. Like, my he was mom? so happy to do it. Oh, yeah. I told my mom, I'm like, oh, he's euphoric. Yeah. Like, this is bad. So I was like, oh, my God, they picked such a good character. My mom, like, five seconds in, she was like, wow. He's got, like, really pretty eyes. I'm like, okay. And then, like, later on, she's like, he's just, it was like something about him being handsome. And later on, she's like, it had, like, nothing to do with anything. She's like, that is one good-looking man. I'm like, Mom, can you, are, can you dial down the thirst so we can watch so, this show? So my mom, because she had watched it first, and she's like, you really need to watch it. I was like, yeah, 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 I will. And so when she was, um, after I had watched it, I told her about it, and she goes, doesn't he kind of remind you of Killian Murphy? And I was like, he does. Because Killian Murphy has the same, like, very, like, just pretty eyes that you just want to stare at him, but he also does, like, the crazy, like, really well. So I was like, yeah, he does remind me a lot of him. Do you know who Killian Murphy is? That's it for us this week. We'll see you next Thursday. But if you miss us in the meantime, remember, we're always with you in spirit. And we love you to death.